fans, especially those uh, ACHA and club hockey fans that are joining us around the country tonight live on Podbean. Uh, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our good friends at Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints. It is our pleasure tonight to uh, introduce a very special guest that we've been waiting to get on for a couple of weeks for good reason, because uh, his team won the ACHA D1 National Championship. So Scott Strandy joining you back from the friendly confines uh, and Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host joining me in just a minute, Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's our pleasure to welcome in the head coach of the Adrian Bulldogs, the ACHA D1 National Champions, Gary Estalis. Gary, Scott, and Stephen with you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Um, You and I met uh, a little over two weeks ago now as I spent six days watching uh, ACHA D1 hockey was very impressed with what I saw from not only your team, but from the entire uh, uh, tournament team that was there. So congratulations on a big win. Tell us what it's been like since uh, you were able to get back to Adrian. Yeah, it's, it's been busy for sure. Uh, you know, our uh, first and foremost, our kids have, have definitely been swamped with finals and, and kind of, you know, hitting the books pretty hard here since we got back and, and preparing and studying for those and, as a coaching staff, we've we've been trying to shore up our recruiting class for next year. I know we've been, you know, hitting the phones pretty hard and and uh, trying to finish up this recruiting class. So it's it's been nice being back, and uh, but it's it's definitely uh, been busy for sure. You know, and and, and I love that because uh, here it is May, and uh, you just won a national championship. You don't really get much time to celebrate it because it's right back on the trail. It's. Uh, very, very competitive at the ACHA D1 level. And tell us a little bit about what it's like to be out there recruiting. It's got to be a lot easier when you got a national championship in your back pocket or two or three. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it, I, you know it's, there's pros and cons. I, I think it is, it, it is uh, nice, you know, winning that last game. But at the same time, you know, we, we are still grinding and, you know, my wife likes it a lot more now, though, because I'm not on the road. We can't cross. We can't cross the border. We can't go watch hockey right now. Uh, it, it's all phone calls, so I'm <laughs> I'm home a lot more, and and uh, it's it's been great too. So 
Um, you know, it, it still is a grind, though. It's it's a lot of video, and and uh, we still had about I think one more forward and, and one more D. We were trying to shore up here since we've been back, and uh, it's it's definitely been uh, a grind, and but it's it's been a good grind, and I'm definitely happy to be home. That's for sure. All right. Well, Steven, jump in if you got something for Coach. Hey, Coach, uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, let, let me ask, kind of follow up with that. So with, with recruiting, uh, you know, last season a lot of teams were relying on technology since you really couldn't travel. This year, spot is restricted, but you said you still can't go across the border. So if you're trying to get somebody from, from a candidate or something, you have to rely on technology. So I guess what has it been like the last couple of seasons now that you're, you're trying to utilize these tools with Zoom and FaceTime and, and these other video chat features to, to try to recruit players to, to come and, and how much, how much of a discovery has that been kind of useful to have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm a dinosaur. I, I like watching guys live and, and, and go and, uh, you know, meet a guy in person and, and shake their hand and look him in the eye. But as as we all know, the last year and a half, that's really not been an option. It's been a lot of hockey TV and, uh, and video and, and FaceTime, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, we got, we got to adapt and, and um, that's just the way it is. So for us, it, it has been a, a lot of hockey TV, especially north of the border. You know, down here, we've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, the NA's playing, the NA3's playing, USP's playing. Uh, you know, just in our local area, we're, we're very fortunate. We even just have Michigan high school hockey, uh, you know, find a way to, to play here as well, which has been nice. So, um, you know, very fortunate that... Uh, here down in the states that we're playing and uh even you know a big credit to our school that's been you know testing our kids and uh following the right protocols to, to allow us to play as well so um you know like i said a lot of video hockey tv facetime uh but we're we're definitely fortunate to uh, at least be recruiting and, and be playing and, and preparing for a 21 22 season carry out you go back to Go ahead, Stephen. Let me ask one, yeah. Let me ask one more here. When you look back at this this season now, as I was winning a championship and everything, well, navigating this kind of a season uh, with, the, with the COVID pandemic, well, what was the biggest challenge that you saw? Was it, I mean, from the testing to just making sure players are staying healthy to making sure they get their classes done, whether it be online or in person? Well, what was the toughest challenge that you had to navigate this, this season uh, going through this, this pandemic? Yeah, I, I don't know if, if we could pinpoint one thing here because, you know, just from an academic standpoint, uh, you know, we did get we, we did get put remotely there for a couple weeks and our, our kids were online, you know, classes and, and then they went back to in-person classes and, uh, you know, the, the most important thing is they're focusing on their studies and, uh, they're t- you know, they're taking care of, you know, care of the classroom because, if you're not, you know, eligible, you're not playing. So that, that was definitely the, the most important thing, I, I think. And for guys that are really in-person learners, is is obviously important for them to, you know, stay on top of their classes and make sure they're, they're doing the work to be successful. And then I think from a, a hockey standpoint, you know, we had a lot of canceled games. I mean, a, a lot of canceled games. And I think, you know, we're, when, you're, when you're practicing Monday through Friday or – Monday through Thursday and really, you know, looking for those Friday and Saturday games. Uh, and maybe there's there's one or two or, or maybe even three weeks in a row of, of games canceled. 
just trying to keep the guys motivated and, and, and maybe more importantly, reminding them how grateful we are to, to just be practicing because there's, uh, there's so many teams that, uh, around the country that, that maybe weren't even practicing or weren't playing. And I think that the number one important you know, thing for our coaching staff to relate to our guys is that you know, we're, we're very blessed to just be on the ice right now. We're, we're very fortunate that, that our, our college supports us competing. And uh, even if it's three weeks of practice, it's, it's, it's better than nothing. We all get to be with each other and enjoy what, what we love to do. And I think just being grateful and uh, humble and appreciative is, is kind of what we, our message was and, and what we focused on this year. Okay, so, so Gary, before we get into the actual on-ice stuff, uh, down here in the Southwest, I've talked to some coaches already, and, uh, and they're already preparing on how, how they can stop Adrian in the future because that's how good your team has been. Um, but, but before we get to that stuff, tell everybody here in the Southwest where Adrian College is. I mean, we all heard of you now. You're, you're national champions. You're a solid team every year. But tell them where it is. Tell them about Thursday night stuff. Tell, Give us a little recap of Adrian College. Yeah, so Adrian College, I mean, we're a, we're a smaller school. We're a NCAA Division Three affiliation, uh, and we're, we're located in southern Michigan. And we've got just under 2,000 undergraduate students plus a, a grad school as well. And, uh, you know, for us, we've been very fortunate. We have, you know, four men's hockey teams. We have an NCAA D3 team and an ACHA Division One, Two, and Three men's team. And then we have a women's Division Three team, NCAA, and a, a women's one and two ACHA team. And then we, you know, we have four synchronized skating or figure skating teams on campus as well. So we have a, eleven, you know, full-time ice sports teams uh, uh, that that are uh, on campus and, and use our, you know, our beautiful rink on campus. And it's definitely a, a busy rink for sure. And, uh, like you mentioned, you know, Thursday night hockey is, is definitely a tradition on our campus. That's that's usually our, our home game night. Uh, that's that's definitely been a, a really cool tradition at our school. And not so much this past year with COVID because we, we haven't really been allowed, uh, you know, fans to, to come watch or students to come watch. Um, but, you know, obviously in, in previous years, it's, it's definitely a fun night. It's an exciting night. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely, a, like I said, a staple in, in our campus community of, of uh, you know, D1 men's uh, uh, ACHA hockey, and it's uh, definitely a really cool atmosphere for sure. Well, you, you know, I told you I was going to make it up there uh, this season, so I keep looking at your website to see when that schedule comes out so I can mark it down because I, I want to see a Thursday night game. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun with, uh, with the, the fan base that you have, but... Um, before that comes out, let's just talk about last season. You talked about how difficult it was to get games and, and be able to play a schedule, but how did you prepare your team for the national tournament knowing what was ahead of you and what, what could possibly lie ahead of you with all the testing? Yeah, I, I don't think motivation was, was too much of a factor <laughs> for us. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, really working hard going back to the 1920 season, you know, our guys – really battled and worked hard to, to get to that number one seed and to have the tournament canceled. I, I think was definitely enough uh, motivation for our guys this year to, to, to not only finish the job, 
you know, also play for those guys that, that graduated and move on. And, uh, you know, I think of guys like our former captain, Ryan Lemple and Marcel Kotek and Mark Frederick and Jelly and Stephen Shegase, that those guys that moved on and graduated, I would be lying if we didn't say we were playing for those guys. So, um, you know, the, the motivation was there. I think this year, you know, we were just hopeful that there would be a national tournament and, and kudos to Maryville and, and uh, the ACHA for for stepping up to just allow us to have a national tournament. And I think our guys knew all along is, you know, as long as there's a tournament, we're, we're going to leave it all on the ice and, and play for those alums that, that uh, you know, put the work in before us. And um, so, I, you know, I was part of our group, but, you know, we were playing for a bigger, you know, uh, reason than, than just ourselves, that's for sure. Steven, you got something else for Coach? Yeah, I want to ask about the, the tournament itself because uh, obviously this was uh, the format was a little bit different. It was not as many teams run the tournament, and but everything else was pretty much the same in regards to you know the number of games you have to play to win. But I, I'm just curious from your experience from this tournament uh, in this COVID season to other previous tournaments and a normal ACHA season, where was the, the level of competition? It seemed to be a Okay, so so Gary, when I look at the uh, tournament for you, and I go thirty-five goals for, uh, five goals against. Uh, obviously, that that tells me two things: you had great goaltending, and you had a lot of guys chipping in and uh, scoring the the uh, the boatload of the goals for you. So, tell us a little bit about both sides of that. Let's start with goaltending. Uh, how happy were you with not allowing more than two goals in a single game in the entire tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely really happy with that. I think we, we pride ourselves with, you know, not just goaltending. I think, you know, Michael Barrett's a very good goalie, but 
uh, you know, our other goalie there, you know, Andrew Wagner is, is, was just as capable. And you know, I think we have two senior or, or graduate student goalies that I think were very capable. And, you know, those guys, you know, if you look back at the box scores between a couple of injuries and, and one of them was sick there for a, for a few days. So uh, besides that, they, they rotated every other game. And it was extremely, extremely difficult for me to choose, you know, which guy we were going with in the tournament. So, um, and then I think, uh, you know, a freshman there, a young man in here's Fleming that is excited uh, to kind of, you know, get in between the pipes a little bit more now. So, I, I, you know, I think we prided ourselves in, on good goaltending, but maybe just as important or more important than that is, you know, we, we do pride ourselves in, in D zone and, uh, you know, playing a 200-foot game. And, uh, you know, I think we got a, a very good, uh, you know, D zone uh, systems with with everyone bought in and, and and taking pride in in uh, you know defensive end and, and taking pride in the penalty kill and and kind of everyone having a role. So um, yeah, I was really happy with that. I, I think if you know we we have gone back already and watched this film a little bit. I I think we've had some relentless back checks if you look <laughs> at those games and relentless pickups. And you know I'm, I'm very proud of our guys for for playing in in all three zones and not just the tournament, but, but kind of the season. So we, we definitely take a lot of pride in that. Okay, so on the offensive side of things, I mean, uh, you guys always seem to get up to an early lead, if at all possible, and then you seem to be able to uh, to add to that. I, when I look at all the scores and I saw that, you know, obviously every game you played in the tournament. So just speak to your offense. So uh, what gets you going and what keeps you going? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's probably depth. I think, you know, we have a lot of guys that, that can put the puck in the net, and I think we have a lot of skilled players on our team, but we have a lot of skilled guys that aren't afraid to go to the, the dirty areas of the ice, or, and a lot of skilled guys that, that don't just play perimeter and, and aren't afraid to be an F1 or, or be an F2 and collect pucks. So I think that's that's probably our key to success, and uh, you know, for us, we, we don't really have a, a first line or, or a fourth line. We kind of just have, you know, you're in the lineup or you're not. And, and, and if the guys are in the lineup, I, I know they're going to give their best effort. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of good guys. Uh, you know, I, I think about this national tournament. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that were in the stands that uh, if they were in, in the lineup, I, they would have produced and and been successful as well. So I, I really do take pride, or we take pride, in, in having a deep team and, and rolling four lines and, and trying to wear teams down and, and, and winning a lot of games in the third period. So, uh, you know, I give credit to, to our guys of, of how hard they work, and um, I think that, that speaks to a lot of our success for sure. Steven, we got another one for Coach. Yeah, you, you we're talking about your your offensive side of the goaltending, but there's three players that uh, on the uh, all division of the tournament team that would recognize would recognize Austin Kuhn, Emmanuel Silvero, and Daniel Stone. Maybe just specifically talk about them, the honor that they got to be on, on this in this, in this all tournament team. Well, of course, you've been the most valuable player, of course, your goaltending would be mentioned here, Michael Bear. Yeah, for sure. Right? You know, Dan Stone's our our captain and. Uh, just uh, a really great guy to, to steer the ship for us and, and to lead the way. And just a, a great kid on the ice, but you know, more importantly, a great kid off the ice. He's, uh, you know, in our uh, student athlete uh, representative of the, the SAC committees and our 
um, you know, advisory boards for students on campus. He's, he's very involved and just a great student. Uh, so we're, you know, we're very fortunate to have him. And I look at a guy like Austin Coon, who's an assistant captain. Uh, you know, just really a, a kid that's that's all nails and, and brings it every night. You know, he's uh, uh, maybe one of our best PKers on the team and kind of like an unsung hero, if you will. And just uh, an absolute, absolute all-around great guy. It's another kind of 4.0 kid that uh, really just, just brings it in everything he does. And you look at a guy like Emmanuel Silverio, uh, you know, for me, man, he really, really stepped up this tournament. And, and just being in, you know, an absolute dominant force, and maybe our best player in the tournament all around. Just, just full two hundred foot, you know, solid effort. You know, every single shift. I think a lot of guys fed off his energy, and, and like we talked about earlier, Bears in goal was was a brick wall for us, and uh, you know, very you know steady Eddie in the net, and um, you know, all those guys definitely were were uh, very valuable in the tournament for sure. Okay, so uh, we get through the season, we look at, you know, 22-1 and one in the COVID season, a 9.57 winning percentage, uh, another conference championship for you. Uh, how do you build on that? How do you get better? Yeah, there's, there's always room to get better. We're <laughs> definitely trying to, trying to improve, that's for sure. I think, uh, you know, I, I think we're very, very happy uh, with how this season went, and, and, and you know we're definitely uh, very fortunate with with how you know this season went. But I definitely think there's you know always areas we can improve, and, and not just playing, but you know coaching too. There's a lot of areas I can grow, or we can, our staff can grow to be better. So we're always trying to learn and and uh, get better the best we can. And um, you know for us. There is some some big holes to fill. You look at you know Dan Stone's graduating, Austin Coons graduating, uh, Michael Barrett's graduating. So I think for us, we want our kids uh, that are kind of going to be uh, you know thrown right into it right away to to uh, you know feel comfortable once those first games start, feel ready for those those uh, you know big minutes right away. And uh, but by no means are, are we. Are we, you know, satisfied or, or happy with with what we're we've accomplished? I think you're only as good as, as what you do today. So we're just trying to, to to work today to get better. That's for sure. Okay, I want to give you a quick uh, rundown of where I've been the last thirty days, and then uh, I've got a point afterwards. <laughs> uh, I, I I traveled from from Arizona on April fifth, and I got back late last night. Uh, I went to see USHL and uh, USNDTP in the uh, BioSteel All-Star Game up in your neck of the woods. Then I went to the NCAA Frozen Four. Then I went back to Colorado and saw uh, a couple of AHL games with the uh, Colorado Eagles and the Bakersfield Condors. Then I went for six days to St. Louis to watch you guys and, and the ACHA tournament. Then I left there, Gary. I went down to see the U18s and just got back from Dallas after 12 days in uh, Frisco Plano watching that. Okay, here's my point. You guys have an NCAA three Division three team, and you have a men's Division one team plus your two and three teams. How close is your M your uh, ACHA D1 team to your NCAA uh, three team competitive-wise? How, how close are those players? Yeah. Uh, you know, Adam Krug, our, our NCAA head coach, 
uh, is a very good friend of mine, and, and our offices are, are right next to each other at the rink. And uh, you know, we're, I'm I'm very fortunate to have a great relationship with him. And you know, it's a it's an open door policy. We're always uh, kind of picking each other's brains and, and learning from each other and, and showing each other video and, and set plays and, and things of that nature. And we run a camp together in the summer and. Uh, you know, we're just, I'm just very fortunate to have a, a great relationship with him these, these last five years. So, you know, we've obviously we've talked about it, you know, how far apart are we and everything like that. You know, I think for us, um, you know, we, we just want to be the best we can be. And, and I don't, you know, spend a lot of time comparing programs or, or teams. But what I, what I would say is, you know, ACHA Division One hockey, especially that. That, that upper tier where I, I think, you know, those those high-end, high-end teams are, I think, are really special. And I, you know, you you look at, uh, like, Liberty, for example, they, they split with, you know, NCAA Division One LIU. You know, it's 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 pretty special to see, you know, an ACHA Division One team uh, be able to top an NCAA Division One team. It's, it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. And, and you look at, uh, you know, the Liberties and, and the Michigan Dearborns and um, the Minots and uh, Lindenwoods and, and all those teams. I mean, they're, they're special teams, all those teams. And they have great players, and I respect all those coaches, and, and they do a wonderful job. Uh, I, w- I would love to see, it, you know, those top teams be able to face off against some NCAA Division three teams, and I, I think it could be, you know, pretty comparable. That's for sure. But, you know, for us, we, we really focus on ourselves and, and being successful and, and trying to build something that uh, can, can leave a legacy at Adrian. And obviously not just on the ice, but we want our guys to be good men and, and uh, become good people in our community and become good family men. And, and I think that's, that's really the, the major focus that, that we're trying to focus on here at Adrian. Steven, you got another one for Coach? Yeah, so I want to kind of go along that line and talk about Lindenwood because Lindenwood is going to make the jump to NCAA Division One uh, in a couple of seasons from now. Um, so what is it? What is this uh, stage of the ACHA? You know, you had Arizona State, uh, you know, Greg Powers program making that jump a few years ago, and now Lindenwood making that jump uh, to the NCAA level. So what does that say about the ACHA and how it's what in a whole in the league to say that you know these teams. Are good enough to, to make that make that jump to NCAA level. You know, he's trying to, to get to that level out here in Vegas. So, what does that say for the, the level that the ACHA is at? Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned, I mean, Arizona State's gone through that process. Uh, Penn State's now gone through that process, and, and now Lindenwood next year. So, uh, you know, it, it is a, a real, it really is kind of like a good you know buffer year when you. You know, you don't really kind of probably want to bring in 28 NCAA Division One freshmen in, in one year. So I think, you know, that gap year really does help break up uh, your your classes because, you know, eventually you don't want to probably, um, you know, graduate 28 kids in, in one year, right? And then I think, you know, the trans you know the transfer portal's on fire right now. So I, I think Lindenwood will probably, you know, maybe uh, take advantage of that as well. So I, I think, you know, for them, uh, it's a great opportunity. I think, you know, they're well aware that, you know, playing ACHA Division One teams or the, or the high-end teams is, is going to be good competition for those those freshmen that they're committing. 
Um, and I, I think it's a great opportunity for us, ACHA Division One. Uh, you know, I don't. We don't have Lindenwood on our schedule uh, next year, but you know, I, I am hopeful that you know, we can make the national tournament again next year. And if if we're able to draw them, I, I think it'd be a great uh, great test for our guys. So it's uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for the ACHA. It, it's a good measuring stick and reminder of of what our levels at and. We're definitely looking forward to the challenge. That's for sure. Okay, so Gary, a couple a couple things that come to mind when you talk about NCAA three and uh, Sunday night on our show, we're going to have Rico Blasi on, who was just named the head coach at St. Thomas in Minnesota. They're making the jump from Division three to Division one. How big a difference do you think that is, and and how difficult is that, uh, in your opinion, to go from Division three NCAA to Division one? Yeah, I, I'm probably not educated enough to, to probably say. I, you know, I, I do watch a lot of our, our NCAA games, and I watch a lot of video with with Kruger and and, and that level of play. But uh, what I what I would say is, you know, our NCAA Division three team played uh, Lake State this year um, and, and some other Division one games, and, and it was definitely competitive. And, and you know, I think you look at. Division one hockey though they they get eighteen scholarships and and at the D three level we, we don't get any so right. I think that's that's probably the, the, the biggest challenge right <laughs> right is uh, it's it's hard to compete so um, you know for us uh, you know I, I'm sure Rico do a, a great job and you know you look at the uh, the uh, success he had at Miami is 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 remarkable right and. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I doubt Rico even remembers this, but when, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to win the ACHA Division One Coach of the Year in 18, and, and Rico was, was the uh, the speaker there, and he got to introduce me there. It's definitely a, a cool feeling for me. <laughs> and, uh, just, just to kind of see his path and growth and uh, what he's been able to do has been pretty awesome, and I'm definitely excited to see what he does at St. Thomas because it's, it's a, St. Thomas is an awesome school. It's a beautiful campus. Actually, toured there when when I was in junior uh, playing, and um, it's uh, definitely a hockey community right there. I mean, you have uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's it's uh, it's definitely a special place to play. So I think it'll be it'll be very successful right out of the game. That's for sure. Well, here's the craziness part of that, Gary, is he will be the sixth NCAA Division One team in the state of Minnesota, which is almost unheard of. I mean, they could have their own conference if they wanted to now with uh, with six teams. So uh, I grew up in northern Minnesota, as you probably know, and, and uh, I wasn't far from Bemidji State, and I remember when they went uh, at Division One, and we were all going like, How, how's that going to work? And now they're holding their own and getting shots into the NCAA tournament. So. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be very well um, set up for for Rico, and I think he'll do a great job as well. But uh, getting back to your your campus, I I'm going to let you go on this one. Uh, this is a sales pitch for you. This is a recruiting pitch. If you want to reach uh, people that listen to our podcast, tell them about Adrian College and how they can uh, get a chance to come and maybe make one of your teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think for us the biggest thing is it's a very tight knit community. I mean, we go to so many different 
sporting events. You know, our, our boys will go to a lot of softball games or, or other hockey games. You know, we have a, uh, like I said, a men's and women's NCAA team and the other ACHA games. And a lot of those kids, you know, their freshman year, we, we kind of put them with other hockey players. But their sophomore year, they can they can really do whatever they want. And I have a lot of guys that live with guys on the golf team, a lot of guys that live with other, you know, teams, uh, hockey teams on campus. I have some guys that live with baseball players. So I think... It's definitely pretty special in a sense that, uh, you know, everyone's here for the right reasons. They, they want to work hard and, and graduate on time in four years and, and get a good degree and be successful in the classroom. And they want to commit, you know, a good work ethic uh, to their sports team that, that they're coming in to, to play on as well. So, you know, I think it's, it's a really special and unique atmosphere. I think you know a biggest the, the biggest reason outside of getting a good education is uh, we have some amazing beautiful facilities and, and that's the big thing that I mean if you can come to a campus that, that has a beautiful arena on campus with a beautiful restaurant that overlooks the rink big jumbotron great crowd it's uh, it's a pretty special place to play and I think that's what attracts a, a lot of kids to, to come uh, to Adrian and and be a part of something that that's maybe you know bigger than themselves and it's definitely a, a big reason why you know my family and i enjoy being an adrian because uh you know we really are you know part of something that's that's bigger than our, our individual selves and i'm just happy to, to be a part of it and, and serve the college and, and do the best that i can so for me it's uh you know it's it's definitely been a special place it's it's home for us and um you know, we're, we're very blessed to be a part of it. Okay, well... Let me jump in real quick, uh, Sure. final question for me. Is after this kind of season, and you guys win the national championship, now you're going to have... We're going to look for a normal season. How much... Uh, this is a legal stuff saying, but obviously, guys will be at the level of excitement there for a normal season, but how much of it, uh, I guess, easier will it be navigating a normal season than obviously the COVID season we just had? I mean, even with more games being played... You know, all the things you have to do in the normal season, but just, just the fact that it won't be a COVID season probably makes the job a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think definitely, you know, my anxiety goes down a little bit with, with you know, hopefully less testing procedures and a little bit of normalcy with the vaccine rolling out. I think Michigan's at 50%, uh, which is great. And um, But I am hopeful and I am optimistic and, uh, you know, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I, I am hopeful that things will go, you know, back to normal. I, I don't think we're there yet. So I'm not trying to get too excited of, 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 of normalcy. And I'll definitely not take the grind of a, a season for granted anymore. That's for sure. I, I remember a couple of years ago after, you know, some February games where, where maybe we lose by one or two and, and coming home and, and being mopey around the family, I won't do that anymore. I, that, that's uh, that's that's long gone, and um, I I can't wait for for the normalcy to come back and uh, and just playing hockey again and, and just worrying about playing hockey and not you know is you know are, are we testing okay is are we staying social distant or at one point we were only allowed to practice like six or eight guys at one time on the ice because of pods i i just uh i, I can't wait for the normalcy and and i i look forward to it for sure okay and one final thing i have to get out there is uh adrian college not only produces great men and hockey players but 
you have a guy that uh, just got a shot in the ECHL at the Tulsa Oilers. So if you can kind of finish up by telling us about goaltender Austin Rodebush. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think Rody is is an absolute workhorse who who loves hockey. Uh, and, and in my opinion, if, if you can get a spin in the East Coast right now, I think that's an extremely high level. I think you look at uh, the SP and, and only half those teams were playing. I think you look at the East Coast, look how many teams are playing into the A. And, and so I, I think... You know, it's maybe a little bit biased, but I think the, the East Coast is, is maybe a little bit closer to an AHL level of play with, with so many teams not playing. So for, for him just to get that opportunity, uh, you know, is, is definitely, you know, really special. And he's uh, he's in Knoxville right now in, in the SPHL uh, semifinals. So I, I'm excited to, to watch him play as, as actually – uh, just talking with my dad that I, I might try and drive down and, and watch him play in the finals if they can win this with this round here. So, you know, it's it's definitely pretty special and uh, it is pretty neat seeing our, our guys kind of, uh, you know, get those opportunities to play at the pro level or, or maybe they don't have that NCAA background, uh, but but now the, the, the pro scouts are, are, I think, are kind of really seeing what the level's about. And, uh, you know, instead of kind of me, uh, you know, beating the door down, just kind of <laughs> hoping for that opportunity, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I had an SP coach call me a couple weeks ago uh, asking about a guy, and I said, <laughs> I said, I know it's, uh, I, I know it's April, but we're still playing. So, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of, you kind of you can't take any guys yet. So, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's definitely pretty special. And, uh, uh, I couldn't be happier for for Rody. Uh, you know, he deserves all the credit because he's he's just worked so hard for this opportunity that I couldn't be happier for him. Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, before I left Texas, I had a chance to do a little feature at Allen. I watched the Allen Americans uh, twice take on uh, the Wichita Thunder, and that level of hockey, you're absolutely correct, is getting so close to AHL hockey that I know even Steve Martinson, the head coach in uh, in uh, Allen, told me that. Uh, they're they're double A, but they are so close to triple A, which I guess is AHL in the hockey world. So, congratulations to Austin and to your program, and thank you for taking some time out. Go take care of that daughter. You got her to sleep now, but uh, she'll be up early and and have you going again. Yeah, we got her sleeping until like four a.m. <laughs> right now, so I'm golden. I'm I'm good to go. So I appreciate you guys having me on, and um, you know we really appreciate the coverage of, of ACHA hockey. And, and you guys coming down to the national tournament, you know, the more uh, exposure for these, you know, these young men that, that work so hard, the better. And and uh, I couldn't be more appreciative for it, for sure. All right, Gary, save me a spot on the red line. I'm coming up on a Thursday. I'm telling you. hundred <laughs> percent. We'll, we'll have the tickets ready for you. All right, Gary Estalis, thank you so much for joining us. The uh, head coach of the Adrian you, College uh, ACHA D1 uh, national champion. So, uh, a lot of fun. Congratulations to everybody there and uh, continue the success. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Stephen and I will be right back to uh, close out another uh, episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Give us about three minutes, folks, to hear from some of our partners, and we'll be right back. 
If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyFowl. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet 84,000 square foot arena home and give any player a varsity level field. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game and style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. 
located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Presented by our friends at Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints Hockey Program. Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. After uh, 30 full days on the road, it's great to be home, put my feet up, and, uh, and just kind of kick back for a little bit. But that ain't going to last long, folks, because I'm headed to uh, Las Vegas on Saturday to see a little AHL action as well. So, uh, Stephen Marsh. As always, I always want to get your opinion on uh, our guests after we have them on. And Be- before we do that, one of the, yeah, uh, the very, very best. Before we do that, though, first of all, how does it feel to be home? Do you do you even recognize uh, Scottsdale, Arizona? You haven't been there in over a month. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of funny because uh, it, it was a little different. It was a fourteen-hour drive coming in, and uh, I wasn't really sure uh, if I was going to make it. Uh, truth be told, I broke my glasses uh, back uh, oh, no. in uh, Allen, Texas. So the last uh, 1,400 miles or so were a little bit sketchy, but uh, I made it. So that's all that matters. <laughs> and, and also, the other thing I want to bring up is, oh, is there going to be a quiz later about the trip that you made? Because you've been to all these different places. You saw all these different <laughs> things. You're rallying it off to Gary. You're rallying it off on your other shows. I've been here. I saw this. I saw this. I went to this afterwards. Is there going to be a quiz that we're going to have to pass later on about all your travels? Oh, oh, absolutely there is. I mean, I can tell you one thing, 7,662 miles is what the uh, Enterprise people told me I made on okay. my uh, my little journey. I'll write it down. I'll write it down. Uh, so, so write that one down. Also, the first stop was in Michigan, not far from uh, Adrian College right. in Canton, Michigan, for the uh, BioSteel All-Star Game. Write that one down. Okay, uh, BioSteel, ma- okay, sure, Michigan. Okay. Uh, write, make sure you write down this one. I was also at the... Uh, NCAA Frozen Four in Pittsburgh and got a chance right. to uh, see the PPG Paints Arena. I love that. Okay. Uh, then I made it back to Colorado and I was able to see a couple of AHL games. Uh, also went down to Colorado uh, Springs and saw our friends at the NCHC and, and did a little feature at the Air Force Academy. Got a tour there, which was fun. Uh, then I went to the uh, ACHA <laughs> tournament in St. Louis and you all know about that. Then, right. then real uh, excitement began because I went down to see the World Under-18 uh, tournament at uh, Plano and Frisco and uh, 10 teams from around the world, the best uh, under-18s around. And I'll tell you, uh, we do have a guest coming on uh, one of our podcasts in about three weeks uh, who is a 15-year-old slated to be the number one overall pick right now in the 2023 draft from uh, uh, Canada, Team Canada. He's 15 Get that, write that down. He's 15. 15. And he had a hat trick today to uh, propel Canada to an 8 1 victory and advance him into the gold medal game tomorrow over Sweden. Um, the kid is unbelievable. Connor Bedard is his name, so remember that one. He's going to be a star, uh, probably the number one overall pick. Uh, from what I've heard, he was leading the WHL before coming to this tournament. And guess who overtook him, uh, Stephen? You'll get this one real quick. He's. He's from the Vegas Golden Knights now, um, playing up in Winnipeg in the WHL. Uh, that would be uh, Caden Korzak? That would be Peyton Krebs. Oh, Peyton Krebs. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. 
Well, you can say yeah, currently. Be... But Peyton Krebs is back with the Golden Knights, but I, yeah, you're right. Peyton Krebs is yeah. Yeah, he, Peyton he's Krebs. the one that overtook him. Right. So uh, anyway, um, that's uh, kind of the way things are, are rocking and rolling. And then of course I went and did a feature that's just up now. What drives you at uh, Allen, Texas, for the uh, W uh, or the, I'm sorry, the ECHL? And if you want to talk about a fun environment. Uh, it was just incredible what they do start to finish in Allen, Texas. And, and I joke with people because that two police officers were doing security at the front gates and they said, um, what door do you want? The guy said, I'll take the South door tonight. And he goes, I guess it doesn't make much difference because we know everybody here anyway. <laughs> so, so Allen being about 30 miles outside of uh, Dallas and to be able to have that kind of uh, friendly environment was just incredible. But Okay, uh, tell us about uh, your thoughts on Gary Astalis. Uh, I saw him in person. I had a chance to visit with him in person. Uh, what a great hockey coach and what a great program. Your thoughts, Stephen? No, you're right. Yeah, he, great, great coach, uh, great, great guest. Uh, and I, I wrote, you know, talking about writing things down. One thing I wrote down that he said is it was the longest, shortest season of our lives. I, I, I just, uh, I think, that's I a think quote that kind forever. of. I, yeah, I think that just kind of sums up uh, a lot of things. You know, the NHL season, AHL season, whatever you want to look at, uh, the, the different levels of hockey or sports in general where seasons haven't been as long, but, but they have been long because of the, the grind or, you know, the ups and the downs or the, you know, with all that you've had to deal with, especially, you know, at the ACHA level, you know, having to do testing. You know, there was periods where they didn't know if they were going to be playing games or they would prepare for a game and a game would cancel, you know, so... Uh, that's not an easy thing, you know. We've we've talked about that before. That's not an easy thing to to do. You prepare thinking you're going to play, and then you find out the day before, or sometimes maybe the day of, that oh yeah, you can't play, and and uh, yeah, it can be a little uh, uh, demoralizing, a little bit, a little uh, down with spirits. But uh, you know, the fact that again they were able to get their season th- through is an accomplishment. The fact that we got to an ACHA tournament in the first place and got a champion crown is is an achievement. Um, we, we feel bad for the teams that couldn't couldn't compete, but uh, but we are thankful that we were able to have an ACHA season uh, for those that could play, and then you know, and we and that an ACHA champion was crowned. Um, and even though it was a smaller field, uh, you know, he mentioned that you know was it a, a tougher tournament or was it about the same? And in some regards, it probably was tougher. I think he kind of alluded to that with you know with. You know, because teams have played different amounts of games, you know, with the conditioning, you know, with, and, and that's not an easy tournament to win. Even in a normal season, that's not an easy tournament to win. And it was set up about the same way. I mean, there was four less teams that normally would be, would be, uh, that would be in it. It was usually 20 team field. It's a 16, it was a 16 team field this year. So you know, there was a few of the games that, you know, the first round games that you didn't have. But, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a grind because you're playing three or four days in a row, depending on where you, you're, where you're seated. And, and that's not an easy thing to do at, play, uh, for, at any level in, in, in hockey to play to play that level of hockey, the ACHA, good hockey. You know, we talk about how how skilled it is, and, and to and you're competing for a championship, so you got to be at your best. It, it's hard to do that uh, four times in a row, uh, and and that's why it makes the you know the regular season important, and and, and obviously the the rankings and everything because Adrian had the easier path, so to speak, because they were the number one team. You know, they got to play. You know the lower seated teams each time they had as you said they've had they had preferences on when they wanted to play and and that all was an advantage for them so um so that's 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 how how it fits but but still you still had to play the games you still had to compete and they still had they still had to deal with 
a lot of adversity like all the teams that competed this year did. So so I give them credit for that. But uh, but congrats to them. And I you know he's already as as a good coach does. They are already looking ahead to next season. You 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 savor this, you, and a good team does. You savor this. You celebrate. They they had their their championship celebration, whatever that was, and how they that did was last that. Last Wednesday. <laughs> last Wednesday. That's right, because we were going to have them on, but we we had to wait till this week. And and now the yeah you start preparing for next season. He's already trying to get recruits in, uh, looking at uh, film and uh, you know other ways to do that. Can't travel to Canada, but other ways to try to get players to come. And already preparing for next season, and, and that's what you got to do. You, you you savor this, you you um, you celebrate it, but then the work begins for for next season, and to try to defend that championship in what will be a full, you know, hopefully a full, uh, full blown bound ACHA season. So, uh, which that means every all the teams will be competing, and and there will be a wider field of people itching to 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 do what Adrian did this past year. Well. And let me throw this out there. You know that word I've used, Stephen, for about 15 months, uh, relevancy, stay relevant. And uh, I don't think anybody's done it better than Adrian College. They have kept it going. Uh, can you even imagine? Think about this. A, a, a 2,000 uh, student uh, college with 11 different ICE events going on on their campus. And we're talking uh, one, two, three. We're talking five hockey teams or more. And uh, the synchronized skating and all that, I mean, holy cow. I mean, we're talking, uh, that's a lot of athletes on the ice. And for them to, uh, I think Gary's told me it goes from like 6 in the morning to 11 at night. It's just like every day. Somebody's on the ice practicing and, and getting their work in. So kudos to Adrian College for doing a fantastic job of not only staying relevant, but also uh, making sure that uh, th- they continue success because, it's one thing to be relevant and play games. It's another to be relevant and be successful. And I don't think anybody's done it better than Adrian College. I know the teams down here are already looking at that, that championship game tape and going like, how are we going to stack up to build a team that can compete against that? And I think Gary hit it on the head when he said he doesn't have a one through four line. He's got four lines. And, you know, they rolled them against Minot. And to me, that was a difference. I know Michael Barrett played very, very well also, but, when you can roll four teams at the end of a tournament, uh, it, it wears people down, especially if the team that you're facing has come on a little harder path. So once again, congratulations to Adrian College. You got anything else before we wrap it up, Stephen? Well, I, we already look forward to the uh, – we want to remind people again uh, the, the all-tournament uh, first and second teams. Uh, we mentioned this last week, but uh, we'll mention it again as we kind of maybe – Start to finally close the book on as we close the book on this uh, ACHA season. Uh, there'll be some awards I think given out later uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. But um, the most valuable player, well deserving, Michael Barrett from Adrian, uh, was great in net for for them in their, all their games. Um, we talked about that. Uh, Drew, uh, the first team was forward Drew Carter from Minot State, forward Austin Kuhn, Adrian College, as we touched on that in, in the interview. Forward Emmanuel Silverito from Adrian, defense Daniel Stone from Adrian, defense Paul. O'Connor from Minot State, goalie Chad Duran, Minot State. And if you look at the all-tournament second team, you had forward uh, Quinn Ryan, Liberty University, forward Philip uh, Schultz of Indiana Tech, forward Blake Fournier of Minot State University, uh, defense uh, Vitaly Novetsky, uh, Liberty University, uh, defense Alex Potter, Indiana Tech, and goalie uh, Bryson uh, Lindenberg of uh, Indiana Tech. So those are the first and second all-tournament teams 
from the uh, yeah, and, ACHA and tournament. I think that's that's pretty typical when you get down to the final four, especially that's where those guys come from. But there were a lot of players that uh, I thought had really good tournaments and could have been on that list. But you know what? Uh, it is what it is, as they say. You you got to pick them, and you only have so many that spots that you can put them into. But all of those uh, gentlemen uh, easily deserving of the honor. Uh, that that came out of Maryville University in uh, in Chesterfield, Missouri. But congratulations to all the athletes that and all the teams that were able to participate again. The fact that we were able to get to that point where we had a tournament and we had a champion crown, and all the athletes that that were able to participate um, and be able to to get to this point, you know, with all the testing that you had to do and making sure you're healthy and, and making sure that you were able to play games and and do so uh, safely was. Uh, was the uh, was the main goal and and we got to that point and 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 Adrian of course the champion so but congratulations to everybody that was able to participate um, and, and really all the teams that were able to participate even that didn't make the tournament um, just their efforts to, just to get some games in get some games <laughs> in and 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 the teams that couldn't compete we you know different situations there um, you know out of their control in most cases so uh, we we look forward to having the full complement of teams back in the fall and uh hopefully a, a, a complete full acha season uh, coming up in the fall and, uh, and 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 certainly look forward to to chronicling that all all season long so but uh, but yep great yeah it's gonna Six, be uh, it's gonna be really fun and and as uh, coach astalis was telling us they're already recruiting i know that the guys at unlv and chad berman at the university of arizona and and uh, take green over at asu and danny roy over at grand canyon they all have their uh, their little tryout camps set up now and are scheduled. So hopefully those will be able to go off without a hitch. They'll be able to stockpile some new uh, some new talent, get them out there, and uh, and get them ready to go for the upcoming season. And hopefully the 2021-2022 season will be the best yet. All right, my friend. If you got nothing else, take it away, and uh, let's say goodnight from uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. I do want to mention this because it's coming up uh, this weekend. A uh, reminder for the uh, UNLV Rebel Hockey Spring Prospect Camp is going on. Uh, this is for players with midget AA or AAA or junior hockey experience. It's going to give athletes the opportunity to showcase their skills to the coaching staff during two separate one-hour skates uh, this Friday, May 7th, from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. And Saturday as well, May 8th, from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Uh, it's going to be held at City National Arena, which is, of course, the home rink of UNLV Hockey. Uh, cost is $80 per skater with check-in required one hour prior to the first skate. And at the conclusion of the camp, the Rebel Hockey coaching staff will follow up with each player to get feedback on their game and where they stand to earn a spot to play with the Rebels in 2021, 2022, or beyond. Registration ends uh, May 4th, so I guess that was yesterday. So I guess if you haven't registered by now, it's <laughs> it's too late, I guess. But but it is going on this weekend for those that maybe did register. A reminder that it is going to take place, but but it uh, shows that UNLV is is beginning their process to, to start their season or the next season, having this prospect camp to maybe see what the future might hold for some, some of these young, uh, young hockey players uh, down the road. But, uh, but yeah. So okay. Well, that's... so we know that's going on. We also know it's a big double header on Saturday with the uh, AHL game at uh, T-Mobile and the NHL game at T-Mobile that evening. So uh, I will be leaving bright and early on Saturday morning to work to see you and uh, see some action up there. Um, also want to mention a couple things real quickly about ECHL hockey. Uh, they're the innovators, right? I, I believe Coach Martinson told me that they're the uh, 
the guinea pigs, if you will, for the other leagues. If they want to try something, they try it in the ECHL. So here's three things that I noticed right off the get-go. The, uh, the goal is not red. It's blue, uh, which is unique. There's one referee and two linesmen, which is unique. And the, the third thing I think that uh, is uh, unique in, in the ECHL is the fact that um, the guys come in there and and they, they make it a full entertainment thing. I mean, I know Vegas is really good, and, and they do the best at the NHL, in my opinion, and even at the AHL. But the ECHL, on a very limited budget, really puts out some really good uh, entertainment value for the entire family. So if you get out to see an ECHL game, by all means, do it. Shout out to uh, Megan Edmonds as well, the former UNLV uh, uh, media person a few years ago. And uh, she's working with the Wichita Thunder. So uh, that's who uh, Alan played last weekend. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on the ECHL thing. You know, before the Golden Knights were here or came here, we were we had an ECHL team here for for eleven seasons with the Las Vegas Wranglers, and and they were pretty innovative too at that time with with some of the things they did. Yeah. I, a couple of things I can recall, they did one time they wore. Uh, they did a theme regarding uh, Rod Blagojevich, who was a former Illinois mayor. Uh, people may be familiar <laughs> with his situation, but they told, did a whole play on that. They, the uh, the Wranglers wore uh, like a, a prison type jersey, uh, with the, and then the, uh, the Condors, who they were playing, who were the, were the oh. ECHL at the time, they wore another kind of prison guard. They had the gold judges, which they actually had gold judges sitting behind the behind the nets. They were wearing like a judge's robe and a and, and the white wigs. <laughs> It was just, it was, uh, I can recall that it was fun. Uh, but, but you saw that with some of the other ECHL teams that, uh, you know, following it when I did with, when the Wranglers were playing here and, and just some of the other teams and what they did. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's still, 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 well, still a lot of that going on with the teams that do play in the ECHL these days. And, and it's, that's, that's what's, uh, what's, what's great. Obviously the, the Wranglers did midnight games and, um, you know, they were, that was uh, a Vegas thing and, you know, he's going to look to do that. I think this upcoming season, so that'll be fun, but, but yeah, it's ECHL games are a lot of fun. It's, it's physical hockey too. Um, it's, it certainly was at that time and maybe, maybe it's still the case, uh, now, but, <laughs> well, uh, let me, let me, I know we're up against it time-wise, yeah. but let me tell you real quickly that, uh, Mon- or Sunday's game was a matinee and it was a family day for kids where they gave them all juice boxes and cookies when they left, but. It was Marvel Superhero Day, so uh, <laughs> yep. the uh, the Allen uh, Americans came out as Captain America, and uh, the uh, Wichita Thunder were Black Widow, um, and <laughs> they Allen came out and scored in the first minute eleven, and then um, the referees protested that the uniforms looked too much alike, which I don't know how this could all the way happen, but what ended up happening was after a minute and eleven of play, they made Allen go back in their locker rooms and take their jerseys off and put on red jerseys because they thought they were too similar. So uh, really, uh, for the work that they put in to get that whole game uh, set up and only get to wear those jerseys for a minute and 11 seconds was uh, kind of bu- kind of a bummer. But, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's great hockey. I'll let you take away the read, and we'll say goodnight. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey has presented – Love Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultraband for business that America has been waiting for. Uh, Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. 
uh, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPal, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal.com. Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South of Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona by M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right. Very well done, my friend. I will say good night and a big thank you again to Gary Astalis, the head coach at Adrian College, the men's ACHA D1 national champion, Adrian College Bulldogs. Thank you so much for joining us, Gary. Continued success and be safe out there as you recruit for the upcoming year. Uh, Stephen, I'll see you on Saturday. And to everybody else, stay tuned to uh, our Quad Pod of Hockey Podcast, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time live on the Podbean app. I will throw a reminder out there next uh, Wednesday night. You and I are scheduled to have the retired coach now of Minot State University. Yeah, that was Wait, a big right here is going to yeah. join us. So Yeah, uh, we didn't even get to that. That was another development that came down. We'll, we'll touch more on that next week when we have him on. But, yeah, look forward to having him on. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>